should be a lot better this time. You would think. All right, I pressed. I pressed record. Welcome to episode two, technically episode one, because the first episode, uh, the audio, unlistenable. So we're taking taking another stab at this. Welcome to the Connect the Dots podcast uh, with me, Andrew, and my father, uh, Mickey. How are you? Yeah. Um, I was talking with Tony about our podcast venture, and he was asking if we had like a a hook or something that separated us because there's, you know, just hundreds of thousands of, of podcasts. And I thought I thought it was specific enough, like football betting and then we add the father-son dynamic on top of it and that's kind of our our whole deal our yeah otherwise i like i don't know what you could do to make make it different you know it's a, it's a podcast yeah no football only right two seasons for now season, yeah, football yeah. season and then yeah how to not go broke would be key you think we should have rules like as we go along we could start filling out a rule book of things that come up, like don't bet on bad quarterbacks in big spots. Yeah, definitely some commandments. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. As we go along, we'll stumble, we'll stumble upon them. Uh, but excited to share with you what we're going to be doing on this one. We're going to be looking at the NFC. Uh, we're going to be looking at division winners, over unders, things that just kind of stand out to us uh, in the NFC conference. And next episode, we'll do the AFC. Um, that is the plan. Uh, but before I think we look forward, I wanted to look at some of the last year's stuff with you and see if anything stood out. Um, in the NFC last year, we had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve teams with at least seven wins. Did that seem high to you? You know, it's funny that you did it like that because I broke mine down into three buckets. Okay. I did 10 or more, six or less, and middle. Gotcha. Try to see if there was something that kind of, you know, for me, everything's going to be on the bell curve, right? So we're looking for mm-hmm. anomalies at both ends, and then everything else should be in the middle. Right. Arguably. Right. So, yeah, looking at it back, I'm surprised how many teams had seven or more wins in the NFC combined. It's you know, a lot. To the bottom. Nothing surprises you at the bottom. I'm just surprised there weren't more teams with less wins. Here here were our playoff teams. Uh, the North had Green Bay. The East had Dallas and Philly. The South had Tampa Bay. And the West had three teams. They had the Rams, Cardinals, and 49ers. Those were your playoff teams from last year. And of those teams, I'm looking to see, like, I pulled the over-unders for last season as well to see which teams exceeded those. Packers went over. Cowboys went way over. Um, Tampa Bay also went over. Rams went uh, over. Um, Cardinals went way over. That was a big one. They were at 8.5. They ended up with 11 wins. Uh, 49ers went under. Theirs was 10.5 from what I saw. Um, and Philadelphia went way over as well by nine nine wins. They were at six six and a half. Um, so who do you who stands out to you as far as this season? We're looking at over unders. Do you see any any obvious regression candidates? Any that make a lot of sense for you? Yeah, I, I think when you look at a regression, you think Tampa Bay immediately mm-hmm. comes to mind. Um, they're over-unders at 11.5 this year. And it's slanted towards the under at a minus 130. So, you know, 13 wins last year, 11.5 this year. Carry over most. Um, you got Brady coming back. You always got to, like, bake in X amount of wins for the quarterback. Like at some point, he's going to fall apart, right? He's a... 45-year-old man still playing quarterback in the NFL. It's pretty unheard of. How many divisional wins did they have last year? Tampa Bay in their division? That's a great question. I could tell you. I feel like they did pretty well. Overall, it was a down down division. Atlanta, Atlanta won seven games. That doesn't sound right. I know. That's what I wanted to check, too. It's like, how? 
<laughs> that doesn't sound right at all. How shocked were the people um, last night to find out Mariota was the quarterback for Atlanta? There was a lot of people surprised. I knew Marcus was there just because I'm a Raiders guy and I love Marcus and, I, and I'm happy for him that he's getting a chance to start again. Uh, but yes, a lot of people are like, Mariota, what is he doing there? Uh, so we wanted to look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I would imagine with 13 wins, they did well in their division. Yeah, you would almost you would almost have to. 13 and four in 2021. They let's see, beat the Falcons. Lost to the Saints early in the season. Beat the Falcons again. Lost to the Saints again. Beat Carolina. Beat Carolina. So they lost to the Saints twice and swept swept the other two teams. Wow. So you scooped six dubs there? You would assume. I mean, has Atlanta and Carolina gotten appreciably better? Probably not, right? Unless you're a believer of Baker Mayfield and what you could do. I just think that coach is a turd. I think the Panthers are just cooked already. Like, Yeah, I mean, if you're going to track the logic for the over, you like being in that division. You do. Something else I looked at is strength of schedule. Tampa Bay, relative to their projected win total, so it factors in where they think they're going to win, how easy it is for them to achieve that. Tampa Bay has the seventh easiest strength of schedule in the NFL. So not just the NFC. I looked at the entire entire, uh, entire league. So they're top 10. Something I found looking at um, sharp football analysis, Warren Sharp on Twitter. He's a really smart football guy. Strength of schedule tends to actually be a pretty good predictor of where teams will go with their over-under. So teams that were, of the 10 NFL teams that had the hardest schedules in 2021, only three went over their projected win total. And of the 10 teams that actually had the easiest schedule, only three went under. So easy schedule, Tom Brady, weak division, leads me to the over. Over 11 and a half. Over 11 and a half. Highest total on the board. It's tough, but it's got to be the highest total on the board for a reason. Um, the rest of the roster is not terrible. The defense is still really, really good. The coaching continuity is not going to be much different. Arians is gone, but they just moved Todd Bowles over. Leftwich is still there. He was running the offense anyways. So I guess if you're thinking sliding back, you're really only looking at a Brady regression. And backup quarterback, Florida, Trask? Uh, I think Blaine Gabbert's still there from uh, Mizzou. He was a Bruce Arrogans guy in Arizona. He just kind of followed him around. But yeah, if you're Injury's tough to predict. If Tom Brady went hurt, got hurt, then yeah, it's obviously I under. I guess for me, yeah, I get tripped up on the one ten plus one ten. They're they're asking you to bet the over. Yeah. So yeah, so there's a little bit of that baked in. You know that to me is an indicator. Again, when you roll it back and you look at the teams, thirteen wins, thirteen wins, 12, 12, 11, 10, 9. Mm-hmm. No surprise, Green Bay, Tampa Bay. Dallas was a little bit shocking. The Rams, I felt, was a 12-win team. Arizona overachieved San Francisco. So, let's assume only six teams are going to make it over 10 wins. Okay. So, Tampa Bay, I think, falls in that category. Tampa Bay's getting 10. Unless something catastrophic happens. They're winning 10 games. They win 11 and a half. You know, that's five opportunities for losses. We just looked at the division. That's six right there. They've already got six. The rest of their schedule, they just need and five, the of their six schedule? wins. Seventh easiest. So, so they're in the top third. The NFC has the easiest schedule, then it circles back around to the NFC South. Yeah, I could pull up. I could pull up their exact schedule for you. Um, Tampa Bay. So you like. The over, and I like the. Other. I talked myself into the over, and I think the strength of schedule thing really, really swayed me. You know, you don't want to like lock into one one stat and have that be your, you know, end all, end all, beat all. Um, their schedule: they play the Cowboys, Saints, Packers, Chiefs, Falcons, Steelers, Panthers, Ravens, Rams, Seahawks, Browns, uh, Saints again, Forty ers Bengals. 
Cardinals, Panthers, Falcons. Wow, so they play the AFC. Uh, AFC North. AFC North. That's a tough road to hoe there. No pun intended to, to Sean. <laughs> um, I don't know. 11 and a half just seems like a reach. And now that I look at the paper, that doesn't seem that easy to me. You know, their division, I think, is easy. Yeah. And you could probably argue maybe they get seven wins with the Saints don't have Sean Payton anymore. But there's also that continuity piece that just moved Dennis Allen to that role. Um, shout out DA, former Raiders head coach. Um, but now, and I see now I'm wavering. It's probably just to stay away for me. I'm just going to stay away from Tampa Bay in the south. Green Bay. 11. They got a 110 either way over or under. So they really no clear betting favorite here. 11 wins with 15th. Easiest schedule. So middle of the pack schedule. Middle of the pack schedule. You have Aaron Rodgers. That's got to account for X amount of wins. That probably bumps your win probability in every game a few points. But what do they do without Devontae? How different does that passing offense look? Because you could say this is the worst group of pass catchers he's had in his entire career. Well, is it is it safe to reverse the argument and start with the defense? Versus coming in at just straight from the arid angle. Sure. The defense is, on paper, great. Got yeah. a lot of good stuff. Secondary's got a couple of elite guys. Pass rush has a couple of elite guys. That could be a good unit. 13 wins last year. They two wins less because of Devontae. I think they've won 13 games like the past three seasons. Well, you get Chicago twice. You get Detroit, Detroit twice. There's four. Minnesota always shits the bed in big spots. So that's five guaranteed. Five guaranteed. So what do they do past that? So you have 12. Uh, 12 opportunities. You're going to lose five of those. Right? I think it would be such a big regression to go from 13 all the way down to less than 11. You know, if their record from one season to the next is minus four, seems uncommon for the Packers. So that's hard to fathom. So I think 11, you got to lean over as well. I listed over. Over? I had it as an over. I don't like their value for division winner, though. And we could get look more at the division winners in a little bit once we get done with over-unders. But I kind of like Minnesota at nine. That feels like a team that could overachieve to me. And the Packers, by the way, I'm looking at their schedule now. They get the um, NFC East. So they get the Commanders, Eagles, Cowboys. Um, and they also get the AFC East. So they get the um, Pats, Jets, Dolphins. Bills, Pats, Dolphins. Yeah. Wow. So, pretty easy schedule for the Packers when I'm looking at it on paper as opposed to my strength of schedule I found. So, I like that. I'm on board with the over on Green Bay. I think that feels pretty pretty safe. Um, and again, last year it was 10.5. I, I do think they'll miss Devontae, but I don't know if it's four-game difference from season to season. And I don't think the rest of the division did enough to – argue that because if you look at it Minnesota's at nine and then Detroit and Chicago are both at six and a half yeah it's interesting how they set these totals when you look at back and you look at 2021 and you roll it back you know the mm-hmm. highest one being 11 and a half we had two teams with 13 and two teams with 12 and then a team of 11 so I find that interesting in and of itself that when they start to win totals at yeah. the end of the year it feels pretty conservative, right? It, it does. It takes a weird slant, you know, and if anything, when you look at the Rams at 10.5, the under is minus 125, so the public and or the Sharps have already said we're That was too low, yeah. Or you think we're regressing. You well, said the under's minus 120? 125. We can bet them over at 105 plus. Really? We can bet the Rams over 10.5 right now at 105. So why did the Rams not win 11 games? I think they look at the receiving core. Still good. Still good. They added Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson's a monster. He's a beast. He's an absolute monster. Did you ever see the list of Allen Robinson quarterbacks? It's jarring because he went from Penn State, never had really elite quarterbacks. He was with my guy, Matt McGloin, in Penn State. Then he went right to Jacksonville, who's been a dumpster fire of quarterbacks. Arguably the best quarterback he played with there was 
Bortles. Then he went to Chicago, which has just been a dumpster fire of quarterbacks. And now he gets to play with Matt Stafford. Yeah, what, what is in a Sean McVay offense. Right. Well, again, I'm so bullish on the Rams, I don't understand it. And, and typically when we don't understand it, we do have a rule bet under. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if it's so, too good to be true. So, like, <laughs> this kind of falls in that category because I don't understand. You know, personally, I see the Rams winning the Super Bowl back to back. That being said, I don't understand it. So, this might be a spot I haven't marked as over. Sure. It feels like a slam dunk over. Here's the thing that might work against it. Looking at my strength of schedule, the Rams have the 31st easiest schedule in the NFL. So the hardest schedule. Hardest schedule. So the chance everybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The thing with Matt's elbow that's rare for football players, what is is that? Oh, I don't know. Does he need like Tommy John or something? I I don't know. It was just something I either caught a clickbait or something to that effect, but they said it wasn't really... Something we should be concerned with. Yeah, I think I think he'll be fine. Uh, you know what? The Rams have to play the AFC West. That's why. So they have to play the Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, and then their own division. You have, like I said, mm-hmm. we had three playoff teams. And this is the only division in the NFC returning all four head coaches. A lot of continuity there. McVay came back, Shanahan's back, Kingsbury's back, and Pete Carroll. They've all been there at least a little bit now. There's something to be uh, to be gleaned from that, I think, when every other division had at least one coach, uh, one coaching turnover. You know, I think system is huge when you think about consistency over the long haul. If you're not rolling out a new system, mm-hmm. you know, there's a reason why. Super you, helpful. Yeah, Baltimore's 24-0 in preseason. Yeah. You're not learning anything new. No. They're just like, remarkably well coached, so they're going to... Yeah, they're just going to roll out yeah. there. And, yeah, that makes sense now that you laid that out that way. That would explain um, strength of schedule is probably the minus 25. Yeah, that's probably factoring into it. So that, again, on paper, you see they're begging you to take the over. They're giving you juice on the over. They set it kind of low. It's like everything's yeah, and again, it everything's doesn't explain under. Thinking they can't win the Super Bowl just means they're going to be battle tested when they get there. They're going to have some bumps along the way. It's just so tough for me to see a universe where that comes in under ten wins. I mean, it might hit right at ten and push a little bit because of that schedule. If we were to such back, a good number, no we more. I look at this, it. How did Waddle get on this team? Is there a hole there that needs to be replaced? If they brought a guy off the couch, who? What's that? Was it Weddle or Waddle at the end of the oh, season? Oh, Eric Weddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. let's say Ramsey gets hurt in the secondary. That's a Def- big problem. Defensive line, we understand what's going on there. We're good there. Yeah, yeah. Linebacker's pretty consistent. But So why was he on that team? What was the need that they didn't have? They didn't have somebody they felt confident calling the defense on the field. So they gave Weddle the green dot, so he's calling out protections to, you know, the defense. Like, hey, we're adjusting this. We're doing audibles and things like that. That's why they wanted Weddle. They wanted someone on the defense to be able to call the defensive plays. They gave him the dot. They brought in Bobby Wagner from division rival Seattle, one of the best linebackers in football, one of the smartest players in football. He's going to wear the dot now. So he's their communicator on the defensive side All of the right, ball now. So I shouldn't be concerned about their I wouldn't back be end too, of their secondary. I mean, the safeties aren't great, but I wouldn't be too overly concerned it's, about it. You're going to have second less to throw. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's, <laughs> right? Yeah. because like, yeah, you, it don't matter because you got to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, right? you get, yeah. You've got Aaron Donald busting through the middle of your line, like ruining everything you're trying to do. All right. So the Rams, you know, again. I still I, think over. I just can't see it. Honestly, I'm not betting any of this right off the top. You know, I think there's For sure. better value yeah. elsewhere. You know, Dallas had, it's 10 wins, minus 110, over 110. They're both mm-hmm. uh, no real, you know, real feel there. They had 12 wins last year. But it and feels like a regression team. Like, did the, did the Dallas Cowboys do anything to get better in the offseason? Roster-wise? Coaching-wise? They had 12 penalties in the first preseason. <laughs> they just don't. Undisciplined. <laughs> Outside of the fact, when I look at the twelve wins, the first thing I thought of, honestly, when I saw it in the column, was how much did Mike Parsons contribute to that? Oh uh, yeah, he was a monster. You figure teams got some tape on him now, I, like he's still going to be able to do stuff. I saw what he did. He single handedly beat us. It's incredible. 
I mean, he was absolutely. I love the idea the on the field. of like off ball middle linebacker. It's like, hey, all our pass rushers are hurt. Can you rush the pass rusher? He's like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And he was amazing at it. Just absolutely wrecking dudes. So, so the only soft outs for Dallas are going to be the Giants and occasionally Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the Giants are going to be real bad. Um, I think Philadelphia is probably the best team in that division. The more I look at it. And looking at strength of schedule, Dallas has the 10th easiest. Philadelphia has the second easiest in the entire NFL. The Giants do. They're going to be close to the bottom there as well. Uh, Sixth. Sixth easiest. So Dallas, you like over or under? 10 and 7? That number feels... They're so good at these over-unders because 10 feels about right. But... I just don't think they got enough juice on offense. I think they're really, really, really going to miss Amari Cooper. Um, and all their other wide receivers are hurt except C.D. Lamb. Like, they've got C.D. Lamb, a rookie, Gallup's hurt, other dudes hurt, Cedric Wilson's gone. Um, so, I I don't know. Zeke, is Ezekiel Elliott still a good football player? I, I don't think he's the best running back on his team. Tony Pollard? Absolutely. Big Memphis guy? Yeah, it's, you know, it's... It's Eckler, you know, it is exactly what happened. He's got the wrong guy starting. Mm-hmm. So move over. I think this I think this year the clock runs out on Zeke. I just have a hard time picturing Mike McCarthy like just guiding this team to a, a worse roster, I think, objectively, to a better record than last season. So I'm kinda I'm kinda leaning under, but the division is so, you know. It's kind of top heavy with just Dallas and Philly, so I don't, I don't know. There's some opportunity there. Yeah, I had a Marcus under as well. Yeah, I think I'm leaning under. How do you feel about my Eagles assessment while we're in the East? Uh, you bet the over. Mine, you're laying one fifty. Nine and a half. So I mean, if I like them to win the division, I'm assuming they're winning at least ten games. Bullish. Everybody's really big on the Eagles. Sirianni. You know, for me. The quarterback, I just can't get, I can't get past the quarterback. You know what I love is they drafted those two kids from Georgia, Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, who I thought were the best players on that Georgia defense that just kind of fell because people were like, oh, Jordan Davis, he's a big nose tackle. How many downs can he play? The dude's incredible. He's an absolute monster. And then Nicobe Dean was a cruise missile on the football field. And they were able to get both of them and A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. That's massive. He is huge to their offense, complementary to what they have, because they didn't have that kind of size. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that kind of possession type of no, receiver. They had some little dudes running around. Right. You got some speed that you could take the top off. But other than that, you were throwing the tight ends. Mm-hmm. You know, you're the Eagles. You're tight end, tight end, play action, roll out, roll out, roll out, play to Jalen's strengths. And they ran the ball a ton. And they're probably going to run the ball a ton again. Yeah, and if they stick with that, I think they're a good football team. I think where it's going to get tricky for them is trying to pull out, you know, you're going from 9 to 10 wins. That's not a massive jump. You're saying you added a better receiver. Check. Mm-hmm. We're going to check that, Don. Defense improved. Check. You know, you're a quarterback under your belt. You're going to be, you know, better in the system. Um, the system itself should be run better. You know. Here's, here's something encouraging. Um, looking at the Eagles' start to the season, they go Lions, Vikings, Commanders, Jags, Cardinals. So we could be looking at one, two, three, four, five wins right off the rip. So we're already halfway to our total. Like, that's a pretty easy ease into the season. Get rolling slate right there. Even if you went three, you're off. If you went three, you're off to a great start. It's a... no, it's Lions, Vikings, Commanders, Jaguars, Cardinals. Yeah, if you threw the Cardinals out. Um, and then you yeah. go Cowboys, Steelers, Texans, Commanders. This is, yeah, this is easy stuff. And they plus they close. They don't play the Giants until December and January. And there's so there's two wins banked late in the season as well. This is one you're going to want to bet now yeah. before it goes any higher. Yeah, because we, we might see it. We might see that it's already jumped. Did you know that? They were at eight and a half. They've already moved it an entire game. That's where people are at with the Eagles hype. And I still think nine and a half is low. It was at eight and a half, I think, up until a week ago. 
and then it moved yeah, to nine and a half. Over the 150, though. Yeah. I don't know that I can lay 150 just because they're in my division. That's also true. Um, while, we're, while we're in your division, we might as well talk about Washington. I don't think we need to talk much about New York. I think seven feels high, even with an easy schedule. That feels like an easy under to me. New coach, Daniel Jones sucks. Like, I, I don't know, seven wins seems near impossible. But again, I don't, I don't know how this Falcons team last season pulled together seven wins. That's got to be some Matt Ryan stuff there. And the Giants don't have anything like that. Um, so Washington, unless you had any Giants thoughts. No. Okay. No giant thoughts. Washington um, eight feels feels over. right. Over. Okay. Well, we, we scratched out seven last year with Heineke and and a defense playing well with the capabilities. I mean, we get any improvement on defense. We're in most games. We have that kind of methodical. Maybe that racist defensive coordinator isn't helping. Stricter squeezing. <laughs> I think we end up. Uh, I think we made oh, that's, some changes that's right. back, and I think we, we, we've added a complement or complementary receiver. So now I think we're... You guys we're, were very much ball control. Like, let's try to limit as many possessions yeah, as possible. we're not going to make a lot of mistakes. We're going to be in a lot of three- to six-point games. We're going to be there in most contests. I think, you know, our schedule starts out pretty soft as well. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you have for the strength of schedule there? It's got to be one of the softest. Sixth. Sixth easiest. Yeah, we open up with Jacksonville. Oh, well, that's fun times. Yeah. So we get some some quick quick wins out of the gate. So I definitely like the over. I've already bet the over in Washington. I think once you get here in the middle part of these numbers, when you're looking at the nines, the eight and a halfs, mm-hmm. uh, the eights, the sevens, um, I think that's where you'll find some value. That's true. Because those, all those numbers always feel like them just kind of throwing their hands up a little bit. You know, go go in the middle is safe. Like, do we think this team's bad or good? We don't know. So we're going to put it at eight, you know. Well, only four teams had less than seven wins in that in the NFC last year. Mm-hmm. So Chicago, Carolina, Giants, Detroit. So that to me says when you're looking at these and you're looking at teams six and a half up, realistically, seventy mm-hmm. percent of these teams are going to achieve some form of the over if you stop somewhere mid range. So. Mm-hmm. You know, about 25% in the middle here, I think, are going to squeak over. So that would be, you know, if you like Minnesota at nine, mm-hmm. Arizona at eight and a half, New Orleans at eight and a half. I would just bet them as a whole rung. I love New Orleans. I hate Arizona. Well, I think you go Philly all the way down to Washington. You go Philly, Minnesota, mm-hmm. New Orleans, just bet the overs. Just call over on all of them because you're bound to hit two or three of them. <laughs> yeah. You, it's, you know, with that being said, I think you're going to get the best price on the overs because you've got some 125s in there for the under. So I think you have to be careful. You might have to leave Philly off. You might have to go Minnesota, Arizona, New Orleans, Washington. You start to lay a little bit of juice with Washington at 120. Um, that if you feel strongly about Christian McCaffrey coming back, mm-hmm. you know, that might weight you on Carolina a little bit. Chris, I feel bad for McCaffrey because he's kind of in that I feel like he just – you, like you just can't count him to stay healthy anymore. You just can't. You just you can't pencil him in for some type of incredible performance. That's probably not going to come. Um, any other teams stand out to you? Um, any of like the real low ones, like Detroit, Chicago, Seattle, Atlanta. Any of those feel like? Oh yeah, that's definitely going under. Well, the minus one ninety Chicago six and a half. So it tells me what if there's going to be some teams with minus minus one ninety for the under. They want you to take the under, or they want you to take the over. They give you juice on the over. They give you one fifty juice on the on the over. So I think gotcha, Chicago's gotcha, gotcha. going to be really bad. Fourth easiest schedule. I think Chicago's going to be really bad. I, I think new coach Eberflus, and then Atlanta. Did they overachieve? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They they absolutely did. We talked about my guy Marcus. I uh, I went through and I gave each team. I was looking at each team's depth chart on our lads, which will update those periodically throughout the season. And I was looking at Atlanta's, and I'm like, I don't know any of these motherfuckers. I don't know what is going to happen with this team. They've got uh, Brian Edwards, who's a Raider. Uh, Drake London, their first round pick. Uh, uh, some dude I've never heard of as their slot wide receiver. Uh, offensive line, bunch of nobodies. Kyle Pitts is awesome. 
Uh, we like Marcus, but he's just, just hasn't proven to be a good quarterback at the NFL level. Uh, Cordell Patterson's a wide receiver slated at RB1. That seems problematic, even though he was awesome last year. I kind of felt like he was the only thing their offense had going. And then the defense is just a bunch of nobodies. A bunch of nobodies in A.J. Terrell. Why is the Giants sitting at seven? It feels super high for the Giants, right? I think part of that's the strength of schedule. They're saying the Giants have the easiest schedule in the NFL. Easiest. And you're also getting a bump from Dayball. Your figure going from Joe Judd's Jason Garrett, just clown show on offense to like a legitimately functioning NFL offense. But I'm with you. I don't, I don't see it. I just think the talent isn't there for that team to do anything. Worst four then. Worst four is Detroit, Chicago, Atlanta, and Seattle. Even with hard knocks, we're throwing Detroit in the bottom. (laughs) They're at, uh, they're tied with Chicago at six and a half. I mean, Detroit's record last year was three and 13. Do you see them being, four games better than they were last year because that's essentially the bet you're making. You're saying they improved from three wins all the way up to seven wins. No, and again, I, I would probably take the same strategy. If we're going to take the middle rung, if you throw out the top, you bet the middles is all overs, then uh, the bottom where it gets bottom, tricky. Just under, under on the people you can see, people hate betting the under. You can see somebody's going to win three games. Right, because, you know, they weight the overs – I think it's Seattle teams minus 140 minus 145 they're you know teams are going to finish under but nobody likes to bet the under it's one of the worst bets that you'll ever make right because every win and you're looking at like ah the schedules I still got 15 weeks and they've already won three games whether even it's just the the total when you bet the under it's like the worst kind of football oh yeah because you're 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 rooting for not fun and you're clicking the clock like okay (laughs) I'm going to divide it now by three quarters yeah you know so you keep doing this backward amount to kind of get people like God scored too quick he scored too quick of course you know and the under's just Life's too and short the to under, be you have to take some runners at these where you're getting some positive equity. You know, 110 with Tampa Bay, or minus 130. You know, it's tough. I, I don't know. They got it so set up that you can't win money betting the totals consistently. Yeah, they do a really good job of setting the totals. That's for sure. Um, about the half hour mark. Let's pause for the cause. Make sure this audio recorded. Um, and then we'll come back and we'll maybe give out, what do you want to do, like four that we feel really good about on the over-under, like our four locks. Yep. Um, and then we'll talk about division winners. And uh, that'll do it. Okay. Cool. And we have started the recording again. Back to finish up our discussion about the NFC to make sure we cover all our bases as far as what we want to look at for the end of the season. So before we move on to division winners, what uh, what are the ones you feel most confident about? Like what's your your top four? Your mount your mount grub more. <laughs> Obviously, you got to put the commanders right there at the top. Sure. Over eight. Over. Okay. And I pay minus one twenty. Um, that's winning one more game than they did last year with Heineke at quarterback. I think Heineke ends up being the third quarterback on this team. Honestly, so. Oh, behind uh, Sam Howe. Commander Sam, please. Commander Sam. Hence, henceforth, Commander Sam. Um, if you were if you were worried about like Carson getting hurt, I think you can get really good odds on like Sam for Rookie of the Year. Like if Carson went down in like Week Three or something, <laughs> you can get him at like plus seventy five thousand or something like that. He's spreading the gospel. Probably got God on his side. He'll probably be upright. <laughs> um, from there. You know, it's going to be hard for me to not get on the ten and a half on the Rams. Yeah, just that's one of mine. You know, and again, that's catering to the public. You're getting your overs, mm-hmm. and then Arizona over eight and a half. I hate Arizona. Never bet on them again. I had the Arizona under last year, and they destroyed me. So, or again, that's the problem with betting the under. They, yeah, 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 they had that. They had it like they had yeah, it like yeah, halfway through the season. The trash. Yeah. You were big on that under too. I remember. You're I like, hated oh. them. Like they suck. <laughs> well, you know um, they do just enough. Right? If it if it does if it makes any difference for you, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for six games. That is a factor. Yeah, yeah. So you may want to take a closer <laughs> peek at that factor. one. You're gonna have to put up. <laughs> that's why you get the one ten. So you're not gonna have to pay the premium juice. That being said, you that can kind of three less 
last year they achieved 11 wins. Yeah, it gives you room for, for that right. regression. And he wasn't on the field for, for all those games last year. He didn't start all 17. And you could kind of almost do like a weird hedge where like you, you bet them to go over, and then towards the beginning of the season you're betting them against the spread to lose. Thing. And then to round it out, it's you got very... one under, so Chicago under six and a half. That makes sense. I went with Minnesota over nine. Uh, Philadelphia over nine and a half, Rams over ten and a half, and Seattle under five and a half. Wow, the end of Pete Carroll. It's they won seven games last year. Their over under was nine and a half, and they won seven last year. This year dropped all the way down to five and a half, and their starting quarterback is going to be Drew Locke or Geno Smith from West Virginia. He's a Mountaineer. Or uh, Drew Locke play college. Mizzou. Mizzou. Yeah. Yeah, not not enthralling. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I think we got to see Gino last year and it was either a Thursday or forgettable Monday night. It was some of the worst football to watch. It's, more, it's it's the rare instance where a team lost their best player on defense and their best player on offense in the same offseason. Bobby Wagner's gone, Russell Wilson's gone. And yet five and a half? Pete Carroll still has a job. It feels like two wins. Pete's gotta go, right? They love Pete. They can't fire Pete. He's like seventy-five or something. Yeah, he's just too old. Yeah, he, he, he should be. He should you know like take a job doing like college broadcasting. Oh, you, you know what? Like I just had a great Pete idea. Pete Carroll replacing Lee Corso on game day. Pete Carroll's fun, right? Sure. Young people love Pete Carroll. Sure. Rose loves Pete Carroll. Take off his shirt. Yeah. Put him up there with Herbie and Reese Davis. So let's make that happen. Yeah. yeah. How's that dude still alive? Remember when Lee Corso said, like, fuck it on game day not too long ago? <laughs> How's he still alive? It's crazy. Didn't he, like, uh, play in 1937 or something? <laughs> I don't, I don't, well, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. My entire adult life, Lee Corso has always been an old man. So he's got... <laughs> not so fast, my friend. I've been 65 for 30 years. And now I'm 95. I'll put this helmet on right now. I never throw up in the helmet head. <laughs> That's got to be so disorienting and so hot for that old man to put on mascot heads in like the middle of August uh, in some campus down south. Um, yeah, so Seattle absolutely hate them this year. I think they're going to be awful, all sorts of bad. Um, and they have the 22nd easiest schedule, so one of the hardest schedules in football. Um, but let's look at division winners. I'm going to rattle off the division winners for you from last season. It would be the Green Bay Packers, the Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Los Angeles Rams. And you can see that reflected in division odds because your favorites for each division are the Packers, the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, and the Rams. So let's look at the North. Um, we tend to like to throw out the favorites on these. But it's the Packers, you know. You we look at them, we kind of ignore number one because you're not getting enough juice. Yeah, I'm already ready. Just go to what are the third picks in all the divisions? Well, this this division's Detroit and Chicago are tied. Or no, I'm sorry, it's Detroit. Chicago's um, at plus fourteen hundred. Detroit's at plus a thousand. Now, when you bet the two to finish, they it doesn't matter which order they come in. So we could bet Minnesota and Green Bay. You're saying just bet both of them and figure one of them wins the division is that yeah. what you're saying or bet them to finish first, first second. second that i don't know i'm sure you could find odds on division order uh but just to win the division green bay's minus 190 minnesota's plus 265 so pretty decent juice if you like the vikings which i kind of do if we're going to have some commandments everything's got to start with the plus side for futures yeah if you're making a future with a minus sign like what are you doing Unless it's the over-unders because they're so close. Yeah, that you know? to me is just a that, bad. That makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. that's a bad. When but when saying, you're talking division right. winner, it's kind of fluky. If you can get plus juice on the Vikings, like why wouldn't you take the Vikings? You had Cincinnati last year's the, the yeah. third best, third third betting favorite, right? So, I would imagine. Yeah. So that being said, if you're ever going to bet the Vikings, <laughs> isn't this the year? This has got to be the year. So we, we talked about it a little bit on our last podcast, which no one will hear. 
because <laughs> the audio was bad. Um, but Mike Zimmer, I've never seen a coach with more outward disdain for the starting quarterback than Mike Zimmer had for Kirk Cousins. He just absolutely hated that guy. So you've got Kevin O'Connell in there now, who's a McVay guy. You've got Justin Jefferson, one of the best young wide receivers in football. Dalvin Cook, consistently one of the best running backs in football. Um, the offense should be able to move the ball, score points, and the defense has got enough guys on that side of the ball to hold up, I think. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what's not to like about him. I love the Vikings this year. Yeah, and then once you get past that, there is no third or fourth option. There is no third or fourth. Detroit and Chicago so is not realistic. If we were going to, quote-unquote, use a favorite today, Mm-hmm. Minnesota's probably our closest thing to a favorite. Yeah, 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 because you just got to throw out the Packers. No no love there. Um, what about the East, the below, your beloved NFC East? Was Eagles first betting choice? Dallas. Dallas at plus 140, Philadelphia at plus 160, Washington plus 500, Giants plus 800. Ken, what's with this Giant? That still feels too high for the Giants. They should be in that Chicago-Detroit range of at least plus 1,000. Strength of schedule. Strength of schedule. Yeah, and I did bet a two-team order at that Philly-Washington. Oh, yeah? And I kicked the Cowboys out altogether. I like that. So, yeah, hoping for total disaster coach getting fired mm-hmm. type of um, you know dropping from 12 wins to Dallas down to 9 or 8 would be beautiful so that does elevate mm-hmm. what what was the price on the Eagles? Eagles you can get at plus 160 currently on DraftKings plus 160 mm-hmm. wow I like it I like it Wow. Again, as as much as uh, I don't think the Commanders have enough juice to get all the way to division winner. Although, let me let me spitball a little bit here. So Carson Wentz, the year the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, he was having like an MVP like season. Was that just like weak MVP stuff, or was Carson doing something special? No, when you think of the system, because I'm pretty sure the quarterback that won the Super Bowl that year was MVP. And Big we never Dick think Nick. of him as the man, Nick Foles. So there had to be something with that offense in the system that worked well in Mm -hmm. that type of scenario. Although Uh, Scott Turner, the OC, is a respected offensive mind. Norv's kid. I'm always going to be a big fan of layering in a plus 500 play for division winner. Simply because if you have a defense, if you have a string old offense, you're going to come at them with the running back by committee, which we're going to use three running backs. We have a clear receiving running back that's a handful for most. A lot mm-hmm. of people use them in fantasy. I mean, three wins. We're 10 wins. 10 wins in the NFC East with one of the easiest schedules. You might accidentally get some carnage out of Philly. Let's say the Giants chip away to Dallas here or there. Mm-hmm. You know, It's a division just wonky enough where yeah. that type of stuff can happen. So for me, if you're going to bet logically, if you're going to bet to win money, a plus 160, you can put $50 on Philly mm-hmm. and then just come right behind it and bet 30 on the commanders mm-hmm. and just take that flyer. But you totally got to hate Dallas the whole way through. You, that's that's the rub. You have to just be firmly entrenched in your out, outwards uh, anti-cowboy stance because they, they very well could fuck the whole thing up. Um, you know, by winning 11 games. <laughs> they were crucifying Jones today because he bought a $28 million home but won't pay for a receiver. <laughs> uh, I knew that Amari Cooper contract was bad the moment they signed it. Amari just too wildly inconsistent. Dude drops the The Browns fans around us are going to have such a fun time with this Amari Cooper. Yeah, beautiful routes. It's going to be great. And then you're going to look up and it's going to be like week six. You're like, he's got nine catches. What's going on? Where is he? Yeah, it's going to be glorious. Beautiful route, Ryder. Beautiful routes, though. Beautiful uh, routes. So we like Philly. We like Washington. Again, throwing out Dallas. No thanks. Don't want any part of it. Um, the South. This is a tricky one. Tampa Bay is minus 250, the prohibitive favorite to win that division. New Orleans plus 310, Carolina plus 900, Atlanta plus 3,500. So, again, another division similar to North um, where there's really only – two teams you could even consider and one's a heavy favorite this division feels like a stay away to me is there any is there a path for the saints to unseat tampa bay is just too much you know it's the quarterback right and sure. you know what you're gonna give it to white out sure is, is is mike thomas supposed to come back i believe so 
Yeah, and they have the kid from Ohio, the other kid from Ohio State, uh, Chris Olave, who's pretty fun. I'm a big Jameis Winston fan. You're a Jameis guy, on record. I mean, (laughs) the year that he got basically demoted, he threw for, I don't know, a garbage truck full of touchdowns. It was well over 50. He was... Yes, I don't think he threw over well over fifty touchdowns. Well over well over fifty is like an NFL record. He threw. He had a thirty thirty season. He threw thirty touchdowns, thirty interceptions, which was just uh, spectacular. But I don't think Jameis Winston's ever thrown well over fifty touchdowns in a season. All right, (laughs) while I effort this, I think we can clearly say Tampa Bay is going to win that division. Yeah, the, I, don't, I don't think there's any real value in the Saints play. Um, unless, again, you're banking on this is the year that uh, Tom Brady falls apart, which is a tough bet to make. Uh, in his career, the most touchdowns he's ever had in the season is 33. He threw 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in 2019. Uh, didn't play at all in 2020 because he's the backup. And then 2021, uh, he got hurt. But he threw 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. So that's a fun sample. Played seven games, 14 touchdowns, three picks. That's pretty good. I think they were 5-2 and two at that time, too. That is accurate. They were 5-2. and two. Uh, See, I remember certain things. Yeah, you just had him being, like, the greatest quarterback in the history of man for a season. The year he led the league in interceptions. Yeah, that was 2019. 30. 30 interceptions. And he threw for five thousand yards. He did, he did that. He did do that. The completion too. percentage was sixty-one percent. Yeah, if you factor in the interceptions as completions, that kicks eight, it all the way up to seventy percent. Eight point two. Did my guy force it? He did. Can he throw? Yeah. You know. So I don't know what the coaching looks like now. I, I think they come to the realization that oh, they're going to have to go back and play traditional football and kind of strap mm-hmm. some of these weird. Um, saint-like things. And I think the no Sean Payton's a big deal. I know they hired in-house, and they really like Dennis Allen for what he's done with the defense, uh, which makes sense. I think if you're moving on from like an iconic coach like that, if you have somebody just waiting in the wings, that's probably the way to go. But there's got to be some type of drop-off a little bit from Sean Payton, I think, anyways. One of the greatest coaches in my lifetime. Horrible choice of uh, the actor that played him. Oh, Walmart or the Walmart? Oh, like, oh, yeah. What in the world? Oh yeah, Sandler's buddy, Kevin James. Like, why? I forgot that movie existed, man. Did you Did you see that movie? Yeah, we watched it. Was it good? No, it was awful. okay. Why'd you? Is, is that just because you see movies? So you're like, ah, Sean Payton movie. Yeah, we're insatiable on content. We can't get enough. So what do we got left? We have got the NFC West, probably the best division in the NFC. You've got the Rams at plus 125, the 49ers at plus 150, the Cardinals at plus 400, and Seattle at plus 1800. This division had three playoff teams last year. Uh, the Rams only won the division by a game. Um, they were only two games up on the third place team, which was San Francisco. Arizona was 11 and six last season. So basically a coin flip between San Francisco and the Rams. Basically, basically, because they're, they're baking in the Cardinals taking a step back, the Hopkins suspension. Um, also they didn't really looking at their roster. I don't think they added a ton, um, so, yeah, you're banking on Trey Lance is like an absolute rock star and San Francisco wins 13, 14 games. But does he need to be a rock star to win 12 games? Well. How long is this system? I, I guess he doesn't have to be a rock star, but if you're banking on him being better with Jimmy, which it seems like he is, because they were they still could have just had Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, if they didn't think Trey Lance was ready, Jimmy's still on the roster. They could have just been like, let's just run it back with Jimmy. And they won 10 games with Jimmy. So they're saying Lance is a market improvement from the guy they already have we know the ceiling here is about 10 we're thinking this is worth three more wins maybe i think they recognize that jimmy is a w type of guy you know when you get those gym rats it just produces w. w's you know they just he just wins so they have to be cognizant of it i can't think the shanahan with all the wonderful things he does 
can't see what's right in front of us. So obviously, if they're willing to move on their way that says, we're not even talking to you, you're not part of this team moving forward. I think it does say something to me. It's, it's got to say about, something that they've seen enough in this kid that like well, he's going to be special. And, you know, what they did with Debo, I'm not saying they invented it, but how they maximized it, I think they'll get that type of return. So for me, now that we look through the win totals, while I couldn't understand why the Rams are so slanted to go under, that is connecting the dots for me. I think San Francisco wins that division. And what price can we get them at? Plus 150. So we get basically two chalks. We get 150 with San Fran, and we get 160 with Philly. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, we get a 265. And then the South, we just stay away from. Yeah. And then, you, of course, you have to have a long shot. So 500 or to 1. 50 to 1 on the Redskins is worth a $20 bill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no other. There's no other odds greater than plus two sixty five in the NFC that I see that makes sense for me. The Giants stay completely away from Atlanta. Carolina's got no shot. Uh, I guess if you're bullish on the Cardinals and you think they're going to leapfrog San Francisco and the Rams, which seems highly, highly unlikely to me, you, you could go that route. But you know, there, there's no other teams. Um, circling back to the Sean Payton movie. What do you think its Rotten Tomatoes score is? If you oh, it's got to be the low, low 40s, if not 30s. Low 40s, if not 30s. You, sir, are far too kind. It's got a 19%. With the public give it a 58. <laughs> oh, God. Or you just got the Rotten Tomatoes I just score. Got, uh, audience score is 40, 48%. Yeah, that's a feeling. Oh, the Twilight Kid was in there, too. Taylor Lautner. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't portray him in a good light either. Sean Payton or the Twilight Kid? Sean Payton. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't flattering. So it was a hit job on It, Sean it wasn't like the Lakers Dynasty movie where they had Jerry West in his underwear crying. <laughs> but it, it definitely wasn't flattering. Jerry West got so mad about that. And it just made like perpetually like, oh, so you are a crazy psycho because <laughs> you're real angry about this. So it seems pretty accurate. Um,. Uh, the four, yeah, I, I, I'm on board with the 49ers as well. I could see them winning those. So you still think the Rams win the Super Bowl, but you think the 49ers could win the division? A little more juice in the regular season. Maybe the Rams save something for the playoffs. A willingness, right? When you think about the Rams, the one team that always looked the bat off their shoulder last year and made moves, whether it's Odell here or, or replacing somebody Von else Miller. along the way or even – Weddle on the back end just Weddle to be the, the communicator. Couch. I mean, yeah. there's enough there and or forget his age. Talk about system. Talk about, all right, I know where the pitfalls kind of lie. Mm-hmm. And conversely, when you think like Aaron's journey to a Super Bowl, yeah, what's not as consistent as what Sean's going to be able to bring you. He's going to bring you across in a straight line. Aaron's had to kind of mm-hmm. almost to the point where he's such a crybaby now. It's like, look, I got to get my way because you guys are just going <laughs> to fuck this up anyway. So I'm going to go do some ayahuasca and puke in the tent. When I come back, I'm going to love these new receivers that I can't fucking stand because you got to rid of my best receiver. What an insane uh, admission by him. If it was like 20 years ago, he would have been crucified for it. Quarterback just publicly, like, yeah, I'm out in the desert I mean, doing drugs and stuff, psychedelics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the West the West is a fun one. Maybe maybe just pull the trigger on both. I think what if you um, what if you did what you were thinking? You know, one team to finish first, one team to finish second, and just parlay them both ways. So yeah. I do one one with the Rams first, 49ers second. Do one with the 49ers first, Rams second. Yeah, I think I did that with the Eagles and the Skins. I think I bet ten dollars to win sixty five. That seems like the win there. You just got to get rid of the Cowboys. Just got to get rid of the Cowboys. Yeah, you that's what, I'm saying, about the, that's what yeah. I'm saying about the West here. So now that I'm thinking about that, if we could pull off that bet, like why do it for the North? You could probably get good juice if you do Green Bay and Minnesota and then flip it and do Minnesota and Green Bay. Or are you just cannibalizing your bets too much? No, I would imagine that it would, again, we're not looking to, you know, find a 30 to 1. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not betting, you know, a, a baseball team to win the World Series at the beginning of the year, 465 games are played. Right. You know, I don't think it's that kind of like where you're going to be able to get tattoos that I had this team at 30 to 1 and bet $5,000 mm-hmm. $5, on them. You know, I think it is 
layering some of those third betting choices, and you're probably going to find some in the AFC that are going to be that will offset your NFC place. The betting two teams is just that. It's a hedge for the casino. However, it allows you to pair a weaker team with a stronger team mm-hmm. and still get a little value. Yeah. 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 It, it makes that, it makes that, that minus 190 on Green Bay more palatable when you can actually get plus juice and still have the, the them involved. So yeah, I think, I think that makes sense. Oh yeah. I see it right here. Top two in division on, DraftKings, so yeah, we should see. be able to just box it though, right? You should be able to do it in one bet, one boxed. Yeah, that would be come nice. first or second, you right. know. And if that's the case, if you have to bet it one two, then you got to turn around and bet it reverse it, so it's you know the exact mm-hmm. you know. Actually, not as good bet. as I thought for the Packers and Vikings. You only get minus one six oh, minus one sixty five, but if you do, if you flip it and do, you probably got to go one and a three. Yeah. Or a two and a three. Oh, this is actually just top two. So it is covering it both ways. Yeah, that's a box back then. So so for me, for the Eagles, I was able to get Mm 6.5 plus, right? We look at Philly and Washington. Yeah, let's see. Plus 400 for Philly and Washington. When I got it, it was 650. There you go. So that's probably part of people being higher on the Eagles. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you almost have to parlay it with the two and a three then to get the value we're looking for. So for do sure. you feel strongly about any twos and threes? I guess you would use the San Francisco Arizona combo. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you could you can do But we hate Arizona. You could do exact division order. So DraftKings has listed here. So if I liked the Let's see. Where's the NFC North? NFC North exact division order. If I wanted to go Rams first, 49ers second, Cardinals third, Seahawks fourth, I get plus 330 on that. And if I wanted to flip it and do the 49ers first, you get a little more. You get plus 350. So in a division like that where you clearly have a team that's the bottom, like in that division, it's Seattle with a big, bold print underlined. You already got one spot locked, and then there's the two top-heavy ones. You kind of have the third spot locked. Now you're just trying to figure out who wins the division. That's actually not a bad bet. No, I think there's some value in looking at top two. Of these teams that did not win 10 games last year, Okay, who's most likely to win 10 or more? Teams that did not win 10 games. Orleans, Philly, Minnesota. I'll just give you three. Of those, who takes the step up? Hmm. Philly. I think easy, easier, more continuity with the coaching staff, easy, uh, easy-ish division, um, and a lot of playmakers, both sides of the ball. So if I'm ranking those three, I'm saying Philly, Minnesota, and then New Orleans. Um, I would put last on the list, although seeing Jameis's splits last season was pretty, pretty impressive. I still... Uh, healthy Jameson paired with a running back. If they were to get any receivers... And they I, might have two really good ones now because they were just throwing to like a bunch of nobodies last that's year. That's what I'm saying. I couldn't yeah. name three receivers that played on the Saints last year. I think Marquez Calloway was there. And that's all I got. Maybe little Jordan Humphrey. Maybe. If that's a if that's an NFL player. But yeah, the wide receiver core should be much improved if Alave and uh, Michael Thomas are back. And Alave was the best route runner over Garrett. So the consensus, the consensus kind of flip-flopped on him. Um, Garrett ended up going higher, obviously. I was an Olave guy watching Ohio State. I thought, yeah, his routes were clean. Hands were great. Um, just there was nothing to dislike in his game, I thought. Um, Wilson, I think they looked at more of a complete package, can kind of do more stuff than Olave. But I also think Olave can do all that stuff, too. I, I think they were both like... You're not going to miss on either one of these guys. They're, they're both going to be awesome. And John Dotson for the Commanders can put him over the top. Especially because Curtis Samuel can't stay healthy, so you need another dude out there catching Which balls. Which be interesting, though, because when he is healthy, he is when you're doing the DraftKings where you get the captain, 
Mm-hmm. Is there a better captain than a Curtis Samuel who's going to punch it in twice? Yeah. You know, you know, you don't ever have to pay for him. He's going to have so like, like when he's healthy, he's so scary. Yeah. He's like Debo on crack. It could be just all of that. It's like four catches for like sixty yards. Him, honestly, you know, got scary Terry. That's the guy right there. Right out. And now, if we get any other additional help, great. But mm-hmm. I mean, arguably, that's the best talent. You keep reminding me that Carson's ever had to throw into, arguably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for the wide receivers, Carson, like for Terry, especially Carson's the best QB he's ever had. And if you look at the Colts' skill position guys while Carson was there and sort of t- kind of his tail end with the Eagles, that last Eagles season, he was thrown to nobody. They kept missing on wide receivers. It was pretty much just like Zach Ertz constantly because they missed on J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. They missed on Jalen Rieger. He just didn't have anybody to throw to. Um, Indianapolis, Michael Pittman was really good. But that was about it. They were they were definitely a run first team. Um, so yeah, this is a great skill group for Carson. I think it's actually like when you were looking at the quarterback carousel in the offseason, that ended up being like the move that like, oh, that makes a ton of sense. That feels good for both of them. And it also feels like a relationship that can can bust. And that's just kind of the nature of Carson Wentz at this point. You know, you might get real good or it might just like go down in flames by week four. Either way, it's going to be spectacular. Yeah. I must <laughs> see. And then get Commander Sam ready. Yeah. Sam Howell. Uh, but I think that's all I got on the NFC, unless you had any any lingering thoughts. No. I'm good. Cool. Cool, cool. Well, hopefully this was uh, recorded well enough to be able to post. I'm going to see about publishing a podcast for, for folks to consume out there. Uh, and we're going to do it again uh, next week, we're going to cover the AFC, and then at that point, we'll be getting close to just being able to look at individual weeks. We'll be able to do like our week one or week one show. I'll have to get brunch going. Yeah, yeah, because that's going to be serious. That's going to be serious business. <laughs> got to get the brunch <laughs> lined up. Got to start thinking breakfast, family-oriented football. Mm-hmm. Got to get the uh, red zone hooked up. All that Nothing stuff. says family like degenerate gambling. <laughs> Like driving 20 minutes to a different state to fire off all your yeah, bets. It just means we got to start an hour earlier than most people. No in-game bet until 2023. That's so ridiculous. Get the wine out of here. You can't do anything right. <laughs> Anyways. Bye, everyone. Bye.